This is the Men of Valor podcast, where we help men grow in all areas of their lives. Hello. Welcome back to the Men of Valor podcast. Welcome to anybody who might be new. I'm Phil. I'm your host. In today's episode, we're going to do another book review, uh, Five Marks of a Man by Brian Tome. I believe I briefly touched on this in episode one and listed out the five marks fairly quickly. Um, And I mentioned it a little bit again, I believe in episode, maybe it was three or four, where I gave a list of recommended books. Um, If it wasn't on that list, it should be. Um, Brian Tome is a pastor at Crossroads Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. He subtitled this book, Finding Your Path to Manhood. It is a call and a guide for men to stand up and be men and take the role God created us for. It is written for men, meaning it is a very easy read because we know most of us don't like to read. And it is a very easy to comprehend and understand read. Um, Because, again, most of us don't read. uh, It's hard to get us in the habit of reading. And even to the point to where we won't read the uh, installation instructions of things that come in a box until we get to the point to where we're stuck. So, he made it very easy to understand and read. So, anyways, let's get started. Mark 1, he says, is men have a vision. He states, boys are short-sighted. Men play the long game. When we are young, we tend to think much further than where we are going. Excuse me, than what we are going to do today or possibly tomorrow. Most of us were not taught vision or dreaming or goal setting or all those things that are in all the success and business and development books. As boys, we were just simply taught to be boys. We didn't know that there was any different. Unless we may have been lucky enough to have uh, a parent who had those skills or some random coach or teacher that taught us these things on a lower and simple level, if we even listened at all. Because we know as boys, we typically weren't focusing on what somebody older was trying to teach or tell us. So, learn these things. We hopefully learn we, we need to focus. We need to think long term. We need to play the long game. We need to break through the barriers that come up in the way of reaching our goals. The author states, vision is about persisting in something most people have given up on. <clears throat> he concludes each chapter with a list of questions, and I'm just going to list those questions out and give you a good starting point and things to ponder for yourself. Um, so for this Mark number one, the first question, do you have a long-term vision for your life? If so, what is it? If not, why not? Is it big enough or have you weenied out and downsized it? 
How will you make decisions about what to say yes and no to today? Are you doing things now that are difficult but are directed towards the realization of a future vision? What are they? Do people around you know what you stand for and where you are headed? And are there people whose fathers get a bit, excuse me, whose feathers get a bit ruffled because you draw lines? That might be a good thing. <clears throat> if you have an older son, does he know you believe he is a man? If not, how will you tell him? If you have a younger son, what are your plans to usher him into manhood? And final statement, if you were never declared a man by your father and you are over the age of 18, no worries. Here's your declaration. You are a man. Now go get after it. Now, if you get this book and you read it and you decide you want to might want to dig further in on this topic of vision and forward thinking, I would uh, recommend two books. Uh, the first book is The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. And the second book is Your Next Five Moves by Patrick Bet David. Also suggested reading would be Ephesians 20 in the Bible. Mark number two, men take a minority position. Boys want to go with the flow. Men are willing to stand against the tide. Boys want to fit in, and men are not afraid to stand out. We've touched on this a little bit before, back in episode one, how there is a huge lack of men standing up for what is right. Men are not going to school or municipality board meetings and speaking up about these gender policies that are allowing boys and men to prey on our girls, not standing up over the legalization of drugs and weed stores popping up on every corner. We're not speaking up about the type of literature that's in the libraries and in our kids' schools. Why is this? Well, I think it's because we're afraid to get uncomfortable. It isn't easy. It's easier to follow the crowd. It's hard to stand up and take the minority position. The author states this, quote, Guys don't think about the huge challenge that they might face in the future. Think about whatever is right now that is on your heart in which you are in the minority and then stand strong history will likely show you are right and the boys were wrong take the minority position on things so when a big thing comes along you've developed the muscles you need to meet it head on <clears throat> also in this mark he discuss a point Boys are fraction, men are whole. He refers to integrity, and we have a, in this aspect, how whole, men who are whole have integrity, and we have a whole episode on integrity, so I'm not going to go too much on integrity there. But what I will mention is 
another thing he talks about about being fractions and and being whole he ta- he discusses vices and by vices i don't mean the tool um he's talking about drinking smoking drugs excessive eating pornography gambling uh maybe it's your phone maybe it's facebook instagram uh, maybe it's television maybe it's video games Anything that you do to make yourself get lost, not confront things that that you might need to confront. Um, There's likely, all of us men, even young men, teenagers in some cases, have emotional scars. And those, those scars and that emotional trauma is what causes us to have vices. I recommend that if you have vices, um, go out and get seek help. Go to your local church, ask for help, find a counselor or a therapist. Find another man who's walked through those struggles before to help walk with you and support you. Get down to the core reason why you have those vices. What are you hiding from? What are you avoiding? It's summed up pretty well like this. Small weeds plus time equals big problems. Normally these issues that are in in our life are fairly small, but as they... As we bury them deeper down inside, they grow and they grow and they grow and they grow into bigger problems that we have to deal with later. Some of us never deal with. Um, But most of us most likely have some big time weeding to do. Then we need to continue to put ourselves in a place where we can continue to pull our small weeds as we navigate through life. The questions he has for us in this chapter are, can you name a time recently when you took a minority position? How did you feel? When faced with criticism, what is your default reaction? Does your default need to change? Is there something in your life right now that you've softened your position on, or avoided altogether because of potential criticism. Who do you know who is currently taking a minority position? How can you give them your support? What discipline can you build into your life to strengthen your ability to take a minority position and withstand criticism? Beyond this, if you want to dig deeper, um, I would suggest looking up the story of Elijah in the Bible. It's in the book of 1 Kings. He definitely stood up and took a minority position in his time. Uh, The king and queen of that time were terrible rulers. The world that he lived in, the country that he lived in, the land that he lived in was in terrible shape. And he stood up 
and took a minority position and actually created some good and some good things came about it. I believe if you'll read it, you'll find an interesting correlation between the times that we're living in today and the times that Elijah stood up. I would also suggest reading Matthew 7, 13, and 14 about narrow and wide paths. Mark number three, men are team players. The first point he makes here is boys are lone wolves and men run in packs. In fact, every point that he makes about this mark, about being team players, can be seen in a healthy wolf pack. First off, if there is a lone wolf, that is usually because that wolf is weak and or sick. Healthy wolves run in packs. Healthy wolves are active. You don't see wolves just passively sitting around and waiting for food. They go on the attack in order to survive. Within the pack, there's a hierarchy of authority, and that authority is respected. So men respect authority. Men are active. As a man, if you want to be strong and rich in every way, you need to have some type of an authority to answer to. So they have authority and they respect authority. Um, <clears throat> as men, sometimes we need to seek out that authority. My suggestion is to make God your authority. Um, but if that's not how you're... Your leaning or, or what you think, just find some other person who can hold you accountable and, and be an authority in your life. Other points he makes, which aren't quite as obvious in a wolf pack, but you can kind of see them if you study the study them or actually study any pack animal. The young or the boys hold back emotional affection. Men are affectionate. This comes into play a lot for men, especially with our kids. If you withhold that affection, if you aren't affectionate towards your kids, it will cause them some of those emotional scars and emotional trauma that we talked about in the last mark. Show your kids affection and show it often. Boys tear each other down. Men lift each other up. And we've, we've always men been in those cases where we banter back and forth, kind of make fun of each other. And that's fine and good fun. But we have to be careful because there's a fine line where it becomes good fun and where it really starts to hurt people's feelings. And you may not even know that you're hurting the people's feelings. So just kind of be aware how much things go on. There's always too much. If you pick on somebody too much, or if they're getting picked on by a lot of people, it's probably because, or it's probably hurting them. So just kind of be aware of that. And be the man who lifts people up more than knocks people down. Boys live to play. Men play to live. As boys, all we want to do is play, 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 play. That's all life's about. 
Um, and even there's even men, men, boys, who all they want to do is play. But men make sure that they play to live. It's so easy from today to get stuck in, stuck in the grind, especially if we have families. Go to work, come home, take care of things around the house, pay the bills, go to work, come home, take care of things around the house, take the kids to sport, take some kids here, run here, run here, run here, run here, run here. You have to take time. To play for yourself. If you don't. You will burn out. It's not necessary. For you to be at every one of your kids sporting events. If you're going to miss one. Make sure you talk to the kid. If you have a chance to. Do something. If somebody comes up to you and says. Hey I got. Some football tickets. Do you want to go to the game? And you say, oh, no, I can't. My kid's, my kid's got a football game or my kid's got a soccer game or whatever. Maybe you don't have, maybe you haven't had the funds to indulge in a football game or something. Sit down with your kids. Explain to them. Say, hey, I know I, I try to be at every game. Um, Joe at work, he's got a chance for me to go to the football game. Um, I'd like to go. It'll kind of give me a break, give me a chance to, and it'll allow me to be a better father. And I guarantee that if you've been showing them affection and been there for them in everything else, they probably won't have an issue with it. I know there was times where I missed my kids' events, and if I conversed with them, most of the time I didn't even have to explain. They're like, Dad, you're at everything. Don't worry about it. And And they didn't care. So don't make that commitment to yourself or to your kids that you have to be at everything to put yourself in a place to where you, you feel guilty if you get an opportunity to play for yourself. It's medical studies have been done that it's healthy, that you take relaxation time, play time, biblically. It's one of the first lessons that is taught in the Bible. God created the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. A lot of people take that literally as, oh, I need to rest. I can't work. I can't do anything. But that's not necessarily the case. Rest is for your mind, your soul. Rest to you could be going to the football game. Rest to you could be going fishing. Rest to you could be, you know, going out to the range. Rest rest could be uh, sitting in and watching the game. Something needs to be outside of your normal work, outside of your normal responsibilities. Something that you can go to and you can detach from basically the world for a little while and rest and recharge that may include you may be the type of person that likes to sleep it may include the hey i'm gonna go take a four-hour nap great just make sure you take that time and hold that time sacred don't let other things interfere now in life we there's some days where we we can't control it things are going to take it away but make sure you take time to rest take a vacation 
Um, in the the questions in this chapter are are you living as a lone wolf or are you part of a pack what activity could you do with other men in order con to connect how could you make that a regular thing when is the last time you let your guard down and let another man know what you are truly feeling, whether it be anger, fear, sadness, excitement, or joy. Who or what is the ultimate authority in your life, and do you regularly connect with other man, men who answer to the same authority? To whom do you need to grant a hunting license to freely call out things they see in your life that might need addressing? We've talked about it before. It's important to have that person or persons in your life that you've given free will to. If you're, if you're being a knucklehead, they can point it out. They can say, hey, you're being a knucklehead. And that you won't hold, hold any animosity. You won't get angry. You'll just say, okay, thank you. And if you don't agree with it, maybe you just say thank you and then go think about it. But you need to have those people that will help hold you accountable and in your life for wh whom can you be an important source of encouragement this week so who can you lift up who can you who can you go to who can you look at who can you lift up and encourage this week rather than than tear down <clears throat> again more on this um, there's a book it's called the friendship factor by Alan McGinnis, helps you to learn the skills of gaining lifelong friends. Um, getting true friends is, is truly an art. I can't, I don't even know if I can say that I've mastered that art yet. I think it's, I think it's a lifelong learning process. There's another book, uh, I don't have it written down here, um, Stephen Mansfield, I believe it's Building Your Band of Brothers, something with Band of Brothers in the, in the title. Um, that talks about finding the guys that you want to spend, spend time with. We talked about it before. You're a, you're a, a, you're a result. I can't think of the right word, but you're a result of the five people you spend the most time with. So you want to build that band of brothers that you can surround yourself with and that will help lift you up and become a better man. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Mark number four. This is really self-explanatory. The author makes four points. It is a relatively short section in the book. So let's just look at the points. Um, mark number four is men work. Boys never want to work, but men work. Boys work to stake a claim. Men work to experience life or God or both. Boys act or work to serve themselves. Men work to serve others. Boys consume and men produce. 
Brian states it this way. Whatever you do, do it as if God himself is looking over your shoulder. If you know any part of the Bible or any major stories in the Bible, just think of Jesus. He worked and served even when he didn't want to. That's how men should be. We should work and serve even even if we don't want to. He ends the chapter with these questions. Do you think of work as inherently good or inherently bad? Why? Can you think of a time when your work grew you in a significant way? How did it do this and how did it change your life or perspective? What work could you do to improve your relationship with someone you care about? Is there something you're avoiding right now because it feels like work, even though you know it's the right thing to do? What act of work do you need to do in the next day to move you toward your vision? Act of work could be as simple as sitting down and creating a vision and writing it down. If you if you've never thought about that, that that would be your first that would be your first work to move you towards your vision. Also, you could read Colossians 3, 23 through 24. I don't have a book suggestion here. All I can suggest is go to work, give it 100%, and serve others whenever possible. And the fifth and final mark is men are protectors. Again, this is fairly self-explanatory. Back in uh, mark number two about taking a minority position, that is part of being a protector. Boys are predators and men are protectors. Boys want pleasure today. Men thinks about a woman's tomorrow. He's mentioning this uh, because we should be remaining sexually pure, both for our own souls and for the souls of women. I can promise you, the more pure we are, the less troubles we will have in our relationships and marriages later. And purity doesn't just mean abstinence from intercourse. It's talking about playful petting. It's talking about consumption of porn. It's talking about self-gratification. All of this will cause damage to your soul, cause damage to your partner's soul, and cause problems later. Whether you're a Christ follower or not, it will cause problems. It's just the way we're made. Can't really explain it. Um, maybe sometime we'll dive into this topic a little deeper and we'll review some studies and some statistics that, that prove this point. Just know that as a protector, you should be respecting the woman's tomorrow, not worry about your gratification today.
Boys coast, men keep pushing themselves. Boys spend zero on themselves, and men will achieve financial security so that they can give. Boys watch others spiritually, while men lead others to spirituality. Men, we have gotten this protector part way, way, way wrong. For a long time, and we find ourselves in trouble because of it. The country has gotten where it is. The world has gotten where it is because men have forgotten to be protectors. They've forgotten how to work. They've forgotten how to have vision. They don't take minority positions. And they've forgotten how to be true team players. It's just the way it is. He ends the final chapter with these five questions. Can you think of a time when you stepped in to protect someone? How about a time when you failed to do so, even though you knew it was the right thing to do? How might you think differently about your finances so that you're able to protect others through them? Can you think of a time when you took an aggressive spiritual stance? Is there a person with whom you need to have a direct spiritual conversation? Are there areas in your life in which you are ignoring the truth because you don't like the ramifications? Are you in some way putting selfish gratification ahead of protecting someone, even if they aren't aware of it? I have two recommendations, two book recommendations. Uh, the Warrior Poet Way by John Lovell. Talks about being protectors. Um, and The Richest Man in Babylon by George Gleason. It's a good start off point if you're struggling financially. Also recommend to read Samuel, 2 Samuel 10 verse 12. So remember, in summary, have a vision, take the minority position, be a team player, work hard, protect those around you. Thank you for joining us today. Please like, share, and subscribe. I believe last I looked, uh, we're now reaching five countries. Uh, please do what you can to push this information out. If you enjoy these podcasts, please share with your with other men who you think could use the information. I'm trying to work with a couple of people on some interviews on some specific topics that uh, we struggle with. Because I know you sure, I know you are all probably getting tired of just listening to my voice. So I want to bring in some, some variety. Um, I hope by next episode. If not, it'll be in the next uh, few episodes, I'm sure. So until next time, always remember, be a man of valor. Thank you for listening. This has been the Men of Valor podcast. Thank you for joining us.